0: Really, Riley. Really, Riley. Really, Riley. Really, Riley. Really, Riley. Really, Riley. (laughs) Are you ready? This is the Really Riley Podcast. Woo! Hey, beloveds. Happy Wednesday. This here podcast we're going to do today on Really Riley is one of my favorites. I did another You Asked, I Answered question poll on Instagram And to be honest, sometimes I'll do these when I've got, like, a little podcast block in my head and I can't really think of what I want to talk to you guys about. And then you guys basically do the work for me. And I just get to be honest and chit-chat with y'all. So, without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening, one. And thank you guys for the questions because y'all came up with some good stuff that I didn't even think to, like, talk about. So, I'm going to get to it. So... Somebody on here said, I kind of like leave the names out because some of these questions might seem a little personal because I used to like read who said what, but I'm like, let me just read the question just in case somebody didn't want all their business out there or whatever. They didn't want that question out there. So somebody said, how do you handle something that your partner is in disbelief about? I guess that would depend on what they were in disbelief about, meaning it just depends on your trust level in your relationship. Because uh, if I'm going to equate it to mine, I'm a person that's very suspicious. I am a person. I'm a Virgo. I am very much like trying to figure out what's the tea and what's going on, and when is the other shoe going to drop? Like literally, Marshall has said to me from the beginning of a relationship, "Keep those shoes tied." Because I used to always say, like, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I'm always suspicious, even though he's never given me any reason to be that way. So in terms of What would I do, I guess is what you're asking me, if my partner is in disbelief. Like, the one thing I think you can't ever do in a relationship, which I do this all the time, is get defensive when somebody doesn't believe you. Because to me, that's a sure as shit sign of somebody lying. Maybe not. Because like I just said, I I get defensive too. Because I am a lot of things. I am neurotic. I am difficult to deal with at times in a relationship. But I am not a liar. I don't lie to Marshall about anything because although I might be a hypocrite with certain deal breakers I have that he doesn't do to me that I wouldn't put up with, but like lying is just a no, 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 no. So I guess I don't know if I answered that one the best way. I'm sorry, but I think I need more context before I do that one. Um, The next one is, where are you guys going on your honeymoon? I'm reading these in real time, by the way, you guys, because I like to have real reactions to this stuff. well, we were going to go to Greece because I had a little inheritance that came in two years ago that was absolutely unexpected, kind of unwanted, honestly, because the person that I inherited it from, That well, that's a whole another podcast though. But now we have a home and now we have a new baby that we have to take care of and we still do want to go to Greece at some point. But I do feel like if we're going to make that leap and spend that amount of money and have someone watching our children for that amount of time, we want to go and do it correctly as they say and from what people tell me in order to do it and really experience it and really get out of it what you should when you're traveling that far away you need like 10 days you know like you need like full five or like you know a full seven days there and then like two days of travel so maybe even like nine days because then you got to get back and get back in the swing things but long story short we want to go to Greece because I'm not really the one that wants to do the tropical stuff in terms of big vacations like that because I've been, my family is Puerto Rican. I've been to Puerto Rico many a times. I grew up in Florida. I mean, spring break was always Miami. I've been to St. Lucia. I've been to Mexico. You know, so to me, the whole tropical aspect, isn't it? Now, Marshall is a beach bum. So if he comes to me and says he really wants to do Hawaii or something like that, listen to me acting all Hawaii, acting all bougie when I say that word. But I think we're going to, we would love to do Greece. God willing. You know what I mean? Because that's a and we got bills now. (laughs) Um... Another person said, things you don't hear or read about in regards to having a baby or labor. That's a whole podcast in itself. So in terms of my labors, because I have two of them now, um, they were very different. The first one, I was induced with Lyric because I was just over the due date and I wanted my mom to be there. So we set an induction date and thank God he stayed in there long enough so I didn't have to give birth by myself. Um, but that was really different. Like the, honestly, that I, I knew from jump with my birth plan that I was going to get an epidural and that's also something, a whole nother podcast too, but I would tell you, I don't know if this is something they don't tell you, but have a birth plan and stick to it. Have a birth plan and advocate for yourself. Of course, listen to the doctors. They do know best at the end of the day, but I was in labor with Lyric and they're like, we're going to have an emergency C-section right now. I was like, wait a minute. Huh? Wait, What? You know, like I had the epidural, I was ready to go, I was pushing, and I guess um his heart rate was dropping and they didn't want anything to go wrong, which I respected that, but I was like, Nair, there'll be no surgery here because I had my mom for all of a week after he gave after I gave birth to him. I didn't have anybody else with me. So I was like, Yeah, Ner, we're not gonna know. And so the doctor said, Okay, well you gotta get him out now. I was like, Let's go. Ten pushes, ten minutes later he was out. Um there wasn't that many surprises for me with that labor because like I said, whatever medication they offered me, I, I took it. I did it. Um, But I also didn't like that I didn't get skin to skin with Lyric. But, of course, when he came out, they had a, he had a bunch of gook in his nose. They had to get him breathing. So, to be honest, like, Lyric's birth was a blur. So, in terms of labor with the second one, this one was a little more shocking to you, girl. Both pregnancies were very different. Lyric's pregnancy was as much of a pregnant breeze as pregnancy could be. That's what it was with Lyric. With Malin, ay ay ay. I was so damn sick the entire time. Like literally up up to the minute that I gave birth, I was puking. Um but it's funny because the breaking of the water, that doesn't happen to everybody. I don't know how I didn't know that. But only like 30% of women actually break their own water. I did. And it doesn't feel like you would think. And it's different for everybody because because sometimes it's a trickle. Sometimes it's a gush. For me, it was like a drop kick to the, and then, uh, ew. Yeah. It's, it's, it was messy. Um, in terms of contractions, woo, because I didn't feel a damn thing the first time because I was induced. Oh, my God. Like, that's the one thing I'll say about the movies that is true about labor. Because when they come out, they don't come out shiny. They don't come out these cute little cherubs. They come out icky. But the women screaming in the movies with labor, yeah. Like, for me, I'm a person that's used to pain in terms of being in the gym. And I have a very high pain tolerance. I can, like, push through uncomfortable situations in terms of pain. Woo! That shit hurt, yo. Like, (laughs) I... More power to every single mama that is a warrior and does that naturally because, nope, I'm not going to do it again. We're good in the family of four, but if I was to do it again, I would do it all over again with the epidural. Like, I was literally begging for the epidural. So, the other thing about pregnancy that they don't tell you is your butthole falls out. Yes. I talked about all this, too, in my my uh, post-baby uh, podcast that we actually videotaped that one videotaped one of my 80 we filmed it and it's on my youtube channel you can check it out riley couture um but yeah i had hemorrhoids really really bad and they sometimes don't go away sometimes they require surgery um and something that was very shocking to me because y'all asked was when i called the well the nurse called me because i gave birth at this frederick health hospital that was amazing. Like their afterbirth care after you go home, especially cause I gave birth during a pandemic and didn't stay very long. It was amazing, but they called and I told her, I was like, yeah, there's kind of a tadpole coming out of my bottom. I guess I said it. And she's like, okay, yeah, just stick it back in there. What? Yeah. Put a glove on, get your finger and sorry for the men's that are listening to this, but y'all asked and we keep it real here. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that happened. So yeah, that's, that's a shocking piece. Um, another thing, like that whole hormonal line that happens on your tummy sometimes, that takes a little bit longer to go away, depending on the pregnancy. Because with Lyric, that went away right away. Right now, we're, uh, four and a half months in, and I still got it there. I mean, it will go away, but yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I just TMI'd all over y'all, but you y- asked. Um, so somebody else al- asked, how is life in Frederick? because we live in Frederick, Maryland, going to buy a house soon and looking for diversity. Yes, yes, and yes. So here's what I really love about Frederick is the diversity. So in our neighborhood, there's every color of the rainbow of families that live here. There's all different kinds of age sets. Like within our neighborhood, it's a lot of younger families with younger children, but also around the bend in the different pockets of corners, there's some retirees in here. There's some people, you know, in their now, I don't want to say it's a super, super young neighborhood, but the thing I like about Frederick, too, is you go downtown Frederick, and there's all the cute little bars. There's all the coffee shops. There's the quaint antique shops. There's the plant stores. And then you got my Walmart down the street. You got my TJ Maxx. You got my Ross just down the way. Like, I truly do love Frederick a lot more than I did when I lived in Rockville, because when I moved here, I lived in Rockwell, Rockville for the first three years. Not that there's anything wrong with Rockville, and there is diversity there, but I just feel feel like in terms of a neighborhood feel, because I lived in like a condo-esque neighborhood before, I am absolutely 100% so glad that we chose Frederick because it just, it it makes the 45-minute <laughs> drive into work very worth it. You know, and we're a very, we, we have also every color of the rainbow in my family. You know, my son is black and he's Puerto Rican. My other son is Korean and Puerto Rican. My fiance is obviously Korean, you know what I mean? So we have... Every color in the rainbow in this family. Um, so Frederick has a thumbs up. Do it. Buy the house. Um, this qu- next question. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite topics. What crystals do you use and where do you purchase them from? So I have purchased some of my crystals from Etsy because I always really love shopping local with those little shops. And it's easier to find specifically what you want if you're going for a specific stone. Um, but I also love, like I said, in Frederick, they have a bunch of little, like, home shops. A lot of times, home shops will have some of the crystals that you can purchase. Like, in Newmarket, where we used to live, there's a really cute little antique row that had a crystal store. You can even Google crystal stores near me. Like, they're all over. And I love going into those types of stores because sometimes the crystals call to you, like, their energy. Please bear with me because I know it sounds a little, like, hairy at first, but for me... Um, when I started manifesting things into my life, crystals were a very big part of it. Now, mind you, I'm a novice. I'm sure there's somebody that is incredibly versed in the whole crystal situation. that's going to roll their eyes at me in terms of me giving some of these descriptions, but the ones that I use rose quartz for love, that was the biggest proponent in me switching my life around and manifesting things. Like that's the one that I hold in my hand every single night I do this practice, um, It was a practice I found from the book The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. If you haven't read it, read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. But I hold it in my hand every single night, and I think of the best thing that happened to me that day, and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Three times with the thank you. I forget what the real reasoning behind that is. It's something about, like, it being a complete thank you circle or something like that. But the idea is for you to go to bed um, thinking of the greatest thing, and then you wake up happy. You wake up with that in your mind versus your worries. and for me, when I was manifesting things in my life, the things that I wanted the most had to do with love, so hence the rose quartz. And that's still the one that I hold in my hand every single night. I intertwine them still sometimes too, but that's my that's my night-night. That's my little teddy bear stone. Um, I love to use jade for prosperity and luck. Um, Botswana Agate. Okay, that's a very fancy name for this stone that has like an amethyst in color, but the inside of it looks like uh, it's got, like, pinks and whites and a beautiful lavender. And this one is supposed to be for problem-solving, creativity, and balance. Howlite, it's a really pretty – it almost looks like marble, like the marble on your countertops, like white and black or g- light and gray. That one's for calming memory and patience. Amazonite, this one's one of my favorites. It's like a light – Um. I don't it's not like a lime, it's like more bluish lime than that, like a sage, but a lighter sage, I guess you could say. Um like more on the white side of a sage. Beautiful color. But I like this one cuz this is very me. It helps you see both sides of a problem. Like if you're uh, having an issue with people in your life, whether that be a relationship, whether that be people at work, it helps you to see both sides of the story and it's also one that soothes trauma. Which I absolutely love. Um, Matcha light. This is another really pretty green one. This is like a deeper, like very, very darker green, but like a rich emerald kind of a color. And it's also got like the swirls of dark black in it. It's for growth and transformation. And it also protects people that have anxiety with traveling. So they say, like, if you charge your stones, which I guess the, the whole charging of the stones thing is new to me, too. It's supposed to be, like, where you're supposed to put them under the moonlight and this, that, and the third. Pinterest is great for this stuff, y'all. Look at it up. But I definitely love the light, And I think the light for some reason, has been the one since the Rose Quartz that is, like, I felt the energy of it the most. Um, another one I love to use is Smoky Quartz. That one's for healing. It's also beneficial to people that are in mourning and it's known for like just its healing properties and protection. I have a couple more too, but I haven't actually like, I mean, looked up the meaning for y'all because that could, that's, I mean, maybe I should do an entire separate podcast about this. But I have found that even if it's a weird thing to you to believe in a crystal and its energy healing you or changing things for you, think about it as like a talisman in more simpler terms. And when you hold that talisman and you have a specific purpose in mind, it reminds you of said purpose. It's sort of like when you're thinking badly and you were to pinch yourself to snap yourself out of that negative thought loop. It's almost as if if you have a purpose, for example, if you're holding, you know, the the howlite for calming and memory and patience, and you're you're anxious or whatever, and you've got it in your hand, you look down, you feel that stone. Oh, I'm supposed to be calm. You know what I mean? So, if nothing else, if the energy thing doesn't do it for you, think about it that way. And they're also beautiful. I like to I have a little like a uh, crystal shrine near my bed, which I think is where you're supposed to put them, because I mean, you all need positive energy in the bedroom. I should do another podcast on that one. Um, another person said, "How do you stay motivated in the gym? Motivated in the gym? I get lazy." Um, I do too. Believe it or not, even though the gym is life for me and it's my therapy and I love to go in there and like, literally, I like to say I left my soul in the gym because I like to go out the leave there just dead. Dead to the world, smile on my face, sweat everywhere, sweated my hair curly type of gym experience. Um, but here's my thing about motivation. Motivation is good, but I don't like motivation as your sole reason to stay in the gym because that's not going to get you anywhere. For me, gym is a lifestyle. So determination is more my thing. Versus motivation. Because motivation with me comes and goes. A lot of times I have motivations to be like Miss Cake Baker and I'll get all into my cake baking again. Or I'll be motivated to do my crafting and I'll get all into my crafting and that. But then it's a fad for me. Motivation equals fad for me. I feel like lifestyle changes happen really slowly. They happen daily It's a marathon. It's not a sprint, but the rewards are so good. Like it's such a weird relationship with gym and transformation and stuff like that that I recently had to deal with or am still dealing with getting the baby weight back to where I want it. And I'm happy with my progress, but it's weird because it's sort of like real progress jumps up and bites you. After months of you thinking you didn't do shit to your body, all those squats and deadlifts and all the cardio didn't do anything. And all of a sudden you turn around, you catch a glimpse of your ass. After working out for like months and you're like, oh, well, hey, Peach. You know, it kind of works like that. So how do I stay motivated and or determined, if you will? Because I know that the end goal is to stay healthy, to stay fit, to look good. I ain't gonna lie to you. That's a really huge motivation. And I know it's become a part of me that's ingrained. And another thing I like to do is keep my focus on me. It's you against you in the gym, and nobody else. I can't lie to you and say I don't look across the way at somebody else's bum, some girl that's, like, gorgeous, and I'm like, damn, get it, girl. I wish I had your ass. Damn. But I can't do that for long. I can look at it and say, you know what? My body's going to look like that. Let me get back to working out. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the biggest motivation is also just get there. Go. Get up. Like, I have done home workouts, and I do sometimes if necessary. I don't love them. Because for me, if I physically go to the gym and I'm physically in that space, I'm going to get the work done. I'm there. Let's do it. Let's go. Because hour later, hour and a half later, you're never going to regret the workout, no matter how big or small it was in there. You never regret a workout you didn't do. Or what's that? You never, whatever. Once you get there, you won't regret being there. You will regret the workouts you didn't do. I'm not great with the sayings today. um, But also some motivation I do, go get yourself a new outfit. Like, I know that sounds really silly and it shouldn't matter what you're wearing in the gym, but you look good, you feel good, right? And if you go in there and you got that new pair of leggings that make your ass look fabulous, you're going to want to do a couple more squats to keep that ass looking fabulous. You guys, it's, it's really a situation where if you want it badly enough, it will get there. And I don't mean that. A lot of people have said that I have shamed people in the mom way when I posted something on Instagram a couple weeks back about, like, what's your excuses not to be great because I have a lot of obstacles that keep me away from the gym or could and I don't let it. So I'm not trying to tell anybody what they should or shouldn't do in the gym or you should be doing this and you're not. I don't like that. I don't play that. I Listen, this is my journey. But if you're asking me, it's 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 kind of like do like Nike. You just got to do it. You just got to do it. I promise you, you will thank yourself for it. Um, another person said, "What's the reason you stopped drinking alcohol? Do you think you will start again?" <clears throat> um. So this is also fitness related, sort of. So, th- what is it? Three years and some change now. I was starting to train really heavily in the gym, and I was not getting the results that I wanted. Like I was getting strength, but I wasn't trimming down. So I, to my in my opinion, I just started to bulk up, and I lost that like petite muscular frame I had as a ballerina and a cheerleader and a gymnast. Um, I didn't like it and I eat well, I've always ate well, I'm not a gorger on sweets or fried foods or anything like that and I was like, okay, let me give this up for like 30 days and I did and let me just tell you, within that 30 days, I thought, how in the fuck am I ever going to do this for 30 days? Like there's no way, alcohol is everywhere, it's totally prominent in my business when events were a big thing, there's booze all of the time, everywhere, I mean everywhere you go. It's like, oh, let's go to a winery or, oh, let's go to brunch and have mimosas or all of the activities involved booze. And I felt very left out for the first 30 days. But then I'm the person that doesn't like to hear no or doesn't like to hear you can't do it. A challenge ignites me and I get stubborn about shit. So I was like, all right, well, we're going to try. Now that we did one month, we're going to try for three. And then we did six. And here we are. So if I'm completely keeping it 100 real, really, Riley, with you, It wasn't just about fitness. I was going through a very dark, very depressive, very hard period in my life that drinking was an escape. And in this day and age, then, now, forever and always, we all know how dangerous that could be. And I had a one-year-old at the time, one-and-a-half-year-old, And it was just becoming a crutch to deal with all of the crap that I needed to clear out. I needed to get the cobwebs out. And I feel like alcohol and depression is like an emotional cobweb just sopping in your brain. You're you're sauteing your liver and keeping the depression in your body. And, I mean, that may not be true for everybody. I'm not a psychologist I'm not a person, you know, I'm not an AA specialist. I'm not anything like that. I just know that for me, when it's time to put something down, I put it down. might take a long time for me to put it down. But once I did relationships, like, you know, I was engaged to the wrong person twice and we planned two weddings. (laughs) Thank God I put that one down. You know what I mean? So once I am done with something, I think I'm kind of done with it. Like, so will I start to drink again? I don't think so because I don't miss the hangovers I used to get. Your girl used to go 100, man. I used to love my wine. I used to love my shots of fireball. (laughs) So, no, I don't think I'm going to start again. And I'm okay with it. Like, for a long time, I wasn't. I was just sort of like, oh, well, I don't think I can ever make this a lifestyle or whatever. Like, my fiancé, not that it matters. He can do what he wants in terms of alcohol and all that. Like, he doesn't really drink either. We're both very, very into fitness. And plus, if he drinks a lot, it advances his AVN, vascular necrosis, which he had surgery in the hip for. So that's not that great either. It's just not a big part of our lifestyle. And it's not shaming anybody that drinks and drinks in, you know, moderation or drinks a lot or, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's not for me to judge you if you're taking a bottle and a half down every night. It's not my life. You know what I mean? But I know for me, the relationship with booze wasn't a friendly one. Um, so I don't think I'm going to pick it up again, at least not anytime soon. You know what I mean? But yeah. So another one is other than therapy or talking to someone, what has helped you overcoming emotional trauma? Ooh, yeah, girl. Um, well, talking to someone in therapy did and did not help me. And I'll tell you why. Because for me, I talk for a living. So sometimes if I didn't have the right therapist, counselor, whatever, I found myself telling them what they wanted to hear and either they believed me or they weren't the person for me and didn't know how to dig deeper to get out the real reasons out of me. So I feel like finding the right therapist was a fine line. It was like dating, like finding the right one. uh, We all know that I haven't had the greatest past in dating. So it was difficult for me to find a good one, one that actually did. The work with me. Um, so talking to someone always helps. For some people, the medication route works. I tried that for a while too. I'm not a fan. For me, y'all, I always have to preface this because I don't like to turn people off of methods that actually could work for them. But for me, it was a no-go. Um, I hate saying this because it seems so annoying. And it seems like there's a lot of people that are going to roll their eyes at me for this response. Time time, time, time. I didn't realize just how much trauma I had from my childhood. There's a lot of shit there that people don't know about, like traumatic stuff, like ID channel, like documentary type things that I stuffed down for a very, very long time. Stuff from my childhood that bled into toxic relationships, romantic relationships in my life that I tolerated a lot of abuse. Mentally, physically, all around, emotionally, every day, all day for a long time. Um, And time. I know that it sounds so silly to say that, but it did take me about six or seven years to get to a space where I started changing my life and wanting it for me and wanting it for my son and for nothing else. I feel like we live life so impatiently, you know what I mean? We live in this circle of social media and the news and everything so fast-paced and everything we want it now, 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 now. We post a picture, we want a 100 likes, or so the picture's not worth anything, you know what I mean? I feel like the inner healing that you have to do with trauma can't be sped up. And I don't think there's any amount of anything that's going to speed that up for someone. Of course, there's stuff you have to do to put it in motion. But depending on what your story is and depending on what your trauma is, time. I'm sorry if that answer isn't the greatest, but it's the realest one I have for you, y'all. Whew, I feel like we got serious in this podcast. And I didn't mean it to be that way, but these were y'all, y'all's questions. And I really like to just answer them incredibly honestly for you. And I hope that it helped a little bit. I hope you can relate a little bit. And if you guys have any more questions, please, please, please always hit me up and connect with me. The DMs are always open. And y'all stop saying you're bothering me when you reach out. Some of you guys started with, oh, I'm sorry to bother you, Riley. I'm like, y'all, I ask for this. You're never bothering me. And if you see me in person, I don't bite. Say hi. <laughs> I get that all the time. Riley, I saw you at like Lowe's today or I saw you at Walmart and I didn't want to bother you. You're not bothering me. Say hi. Give me a hug if you feel so inclined if we're fully vaccinated. <laughs> um hit me up in the dms at riley couture r-i-l-e-y c-o-u-t-u-r-e that's instagram and facebook snapchat is at radio Reican. twitter is riley couture five and then tiktok is riley couture seven love you guys longest i hope you have a great week i'll talk to you on friday with the fave five it's really riley